0: You're
1: listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger.
0: And I'm Sherry Berger.
1: And we are here today with Randall Stevens. He is the producing artistic director, and we're also here with Travis Manley. He is an actor in the play called Inheritance, and and this is all taking place at Voices in Alliance, and we are really happy to be talking with him here this morning Thank you to both for joining us.
0: Yes, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah,
2: thank you for having us. Yes.
3: Making we- our Flat River debut, by the way.
0: Yes. <laughs> All right. You're friends with the podcast. That's I love right. it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> and I have to admit, when I first saw Voices of Alliance, my head was like, alliance nebraska (laughs) and i was like oh then i you know of course then i have to look it up and i was so confused (laughs) i did not get the point so you're here to explain the point to me so that everyone else gets the point um as well who might have a weird brain that thinks that but you're in omaha and your voice is in alliance yes wonderful (laughs) So, Randall, you started this theater company last year.
3: Yeah, so June 1st of last year, I, well, let me back up before that. I had wanted to open my own theater company for a while. Um, I've been doing theater, gosh, I did my first show here in the area in 1989. Oh, wow. I was a little skinny chorus boy in Greece. (laughs) Um, And then I performed for many years and then started directing about 2099. Mm -hmm. Went away and got my MFA in directing. I worked at the Blue Barn professionally for a few years. And then I just took a sabbatical for a while from theater. And the pandemic hit. Oof. So, yeah. and then, then after we kind of got through it, I just had, it, it all came back to me. I'm like, well, Randall, if you're going to do this, let's do this. So I used my resources. I did a GoFundMe. And I announced on June 1st that this I was bringing this to the community um a very a lot of positive out uh feedback and out outpouring from the community. And I did my first show last November and then we did another one this past June. And so the inheritance, which is coming up in two weeks, um will be our third show.
0: Wow. And so
3: we're pretty excited.
0: So the other two shows you did, one was Rotterdam and the other one was Significant Other. And you did those. Yes. The spring. Rotterdam,
3: and... Yeah. Rotterdam by John Britton. It's a four person play about a queer female couple where one half of the couple comes out as a trans male to their partner.
1: Okay.
3: And then it's about how they sort of navigate that relationship and what it means. Mm-hmm. And then Significant Other by Josh Harmon is about a young gay man and his g- circle of gal pals. And, as he's looking for love, each of his friends finds someone and gets married, and it's uh, how he sort of fits into and a young gay man trying to make it in the modern, it's modern world. Yeah. And then the inheritance part one coming up. Um, part one. Okay. There's an epic piece of queer theater by Matthew Lopez, and it's part one, and it's not an incidental. There is an actual part two. Yeah, i was gonna
1: say yes. Yeah. Part yes. two's coming. Yes.
3: And when it opened on Broadway, they did present both parts. It's kind of Angels in America, and there's two parts. Okay. Yeah. So this play's been with me in my head head and heart and soul for a couple years. I knew I wanted to do it, and the timing was just right, and I was able to cast it correctly, because obviously part of my mission is to do shows that highlight stories of lgbtq plus community right. but also the second component of that mission is casting it correctly Sure. so like the first show when you license it the, you get a note from the playwright that says if you're going to do my play and you have a trans male or non-binary please please make every effort to do that even if you have to look outside your normal acting pool okay. which i did and i found the perfect person and then for this show as well it's uh, I, they're all lovely and so that's no one else does that in town, and that's part of my mission. I will continue to yeah, strive I say, to do that.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, you might be the only the only person who is actively striving to 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 do yes. that every single solitary time. Yeah.
3: Yes, and so right now we are no we are nomadic. So okay. uh, our first our first two shows were at the Flicks uh, Show Bar at 10th and Pacific. Oh, yeah, They've yeah. been super great to us. This one that will be at 10th and Bancroft it's an, uh, the Bancroft street market okay. used to be a supermarket back in the day. And then someone bought it, converted it to an art space. It's a big art gallery. Oh, cool. So we will be, form, be, be performing, there. That's
0: awesome. So on, as far as back to your casting, what, how did you, how did you decide to expand your, your pool to, to get more people to audition? How did how did you go about casting that larger net?
3: Yeah, so you, usually it's in it's using all social media outlets, and I'm very transparent in my casting notices about what I'm looking for. These are the characters I'm looking for actors to identify as these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I can't ask someone that at an audition. Yeah, yeah, but they all have fulfilled that mission. And I think that sure. the people that show up kind of know that now, that's kind of, I'm, I've established that. So right. I'm excited mm-hmm. when anybody shows up new, especially, um, to add the bring them into the family, so to speak.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, and it matters a lot to people when they see specific casting annou- announcements like that, because if you identify a certain way and you see a casting announcement that says, we will see anybody for this part, versus we want to see you for this part you are way more likely to show up to that audition right fair enough
0: wow yeah yeah so travis you saw the call and (laughs) and decided to audition Mm -hmm. um yes tell me about that process what were you thinking thinking (laughs) well
2: okay (laughs) So I've grown up in theater basically my entire life, theater and performing, and I kind of put all performing on the back burner in around 2015 um, because I started a business in Lincoln and I really did not, I I should take that back, I did not think I had the time Mm -hmm. or energy to do theater, Mm -hmm. Um, but really I was just kind of in a way taking a break. But moving forward, I was like, really... I didn't realize how much I was missing it. And so I... Auditioned for a play uh, right before the pandemic, and we started. It was at the Bellevue Little Theater, and we only made it three performances before we had to close due to COVID because it was March 13th of 2020. Yeah, and yeah. so after that, I took another long break from theater. But around the time that I auditioned for that Bellevue Little Theater play, I had just seen *The Inheritance* uh, both parts for the first time, and then. Uh, it really galvanized me to get back into theater. But then during the pandemic, I actually went to Kansas City and saw it a second time with a regional theater there. Um, and that also galvanized me to get back into theater and start looking around again. I was so nervous and timid. And then I saw that someone in Omaha was doing this like daring, uh, provocative and evocative play. Yeah. And I just knew I had to jump back in. Didn't matter how scared I was.
0: Oh that's great. So how is it yeah. going? Are you having fun? Or Oh
2: my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and that and that's honestly one of the reasons why this was my wanting to come back to theater why seeing the inheritance is going to be performed in Omaha made me want to come back to theater because when I saw it in both iterations I saw it in New York and I saw it in Kansas City Mm -hmm. you could just feel an energy coming out of that giant ensemble cast um, that you could feel them experiencing gay community in a way they had never experienced it before even new york people even kansas city people and so i knew in my heart that they would be the same thing for us here in omaha and it really it really is uh being in a room with other queer people and sharing stories i know it sounds so simple and plain but i can't remember a time that i had an opportunity to connect with other queer people this way
0: that's wonderful. Yeah,
2: that's really powerful.
0: Yeah. No, you Whatever. definitely need and deserve that, and I think that's great. So, what are some of the challenges that you've had putting this particular play together?
3: Um, well, <laughs> it, financial is always, uh, yeah. <laughs> as you know, sure, whether sure. it's Manly or Omaha or anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we're luckily we do have a corporate sponsor.
1: Nice. So
3: uh, Yahoo has been as generously. sponsored the show which helped um i got the right cast but being nomadic we also have to we can't rehearse in the space until tech week that's okay we i have a i have a so we've been (laughs) rehearsing in a banquet room at a hotel oh that's okay um everyone's sort of up for the challenge and and conflicts as you both know as well trying to get 12 people in the same room at the same time it's not easy but we finally (laughs) they're they're all here now (laughs) until we open (laughs) i I may have lost a little more hair during this (laughs) rehearsal process um but i they're all just so and travis can attest to this too they're just so hungry all the actors they want to tell the story they're there in it um travis and i have talked quite a bit about the show. Every day we're we're messaging messaging each other on Facebook and talking about new things. I'm like, because I just reread part two, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, And I'm still discovering things about the script. You know, I'm like, which is exciting for actors and then for audience members when they come to see it as well. Um, It's a, there's a lot that happens. It's a three hour epic piece. So. Okay.
0: So yeah. I think when I looked this up, was it Dramacist?
3: Yeah, Dramatist Publishing is okay. the one that holds I holds this one.
0: Okay. So do they help so do they help you at all with some of this? Because it's probably no. not a show that no. They no, don't give you any they, other tips or tricks. Yeah,
3: they collect my money. That's <laughs> what, that's what they do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I just um, didn't know
0: if maybe they supported you in something that no, may no, no, not no. have may not be uh, done a lot, so
2: no,
3: they, they sent me you the know. contract and the script. That's about it. <laughs> That's,
2: that well, and d- and generously, the uh, playwright yeah. in the text gives a short note at the beginning of each play that. Basically just gives you an idea of what the pacing should be, but not a whole lot else. else. So, yeah, so a lot, like of, a lot play. else is left up to artistic interpretation. Okay. Right up, so yes. just like
0: any other play then. Okay. Right. I just didn't know since it was something that sounds, it sounds like a very important story to tell. And yeah. so I just didn't know if they had any other resources for yeah. it. And it is
3: loosely based on um, Howard's end by Ian e. Forster. Oh, okay. And then, Ian Forster, who went by Morgan, is actually a character in the play, mm. um, and he really drives and helps narrate the play. So, which you'll have to come see to find out how he does that. But <laughs> it's Great. not only do the the some of the themes and the novel Howard's End apply to this play in terms of class and um, relationships, but it also models. Ian e. Forster's actual life, who came out, who was a gay man, who came out much later in life. Um, okay. And that also, without giving away too many spoilers, because I keep thinking about that, Travis, there's so much spoilers <laughs> that <on display. laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to give away. Right. But that that notion of him being a gay man is, you'll see why it connects to the characters living now in 2023. Or 2015 at the time of the play. Yeah. Is it
1: okay? To, but modern. Okay. Yeah. yeah, modern, sure.
2: Yeah. And that's exciting. And the, the Inheritance is a play that is deeply rooted in how we inherit stories from the generations before us. And whether we like it or not, those stories and experiences inform how we live our lives and tell our own stories. So in that way, it's a play for everybody, no matter if they're part of the LGBTQIA community. Um, but it does go further to make a point to show that for members of the LGBTQIA community, there is an entire recent generation that we could be inheriting stories and experiences from but they were either killed or traumatized by the HIV AIDS epidemic and as a result this play explores how we all still feel shockwaves of that trauma and whether we realize it or not that informs yeah. and impacts the way we live our lives and tell our stories and interact with each other so in that way even though it can be enjoyed for everybody, it is—it's a play that is for and to the LGBTQIA community. That's
0: great, but that's great that allies can be included in that. Yeah, that's absolutely. wonderful. It sounds like an amazing yeah. story. And I—I I tell was- everybody
2: that everybody can uncover or discover something about their own life story in this play.
0: That's neat. Cool.
2: And the inheritance refers
1: to—I thought that was interesting. The—the inheritance refers to. Sort of the passing down of of stories and experiences, and not really like somebody's inheriting, you know, something. Well, funny there, that you should the- say that.
3: Though, <laughs> uh, okay. So the inheritance is a very literal does as a very major plot point. Uh, the the inheritance of something, right? Um, as well as a sort of metaphorical inheritance of knowledge and story, and then also. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the characters talks about the inheritance of disease, which we've just lived through another pandemic. Yeah, um, you know when you get infected with, well, in this case, HIV/AIDS, mm-hmm. you've gotten that from someone
1: yeah. who's
3: gotten that from someone. So the inheritance takes on another meaning. They, oh wow! Um, in, um, in the play as well, right? Yeah. So it does have a lot of different meanings. It's inheritance right. of knowledge, of family, of friendships inheritance of politics
1: Mm -hmm. you know Mm
3: -hmm. i'll just leave that at that right yes although politics is a small component of the play you know because it affects our community absolutely in fact since the show is set i said between 15 and 17 there's one scene is the group of core group of gay friends watching the 16 election you
1: know oh much. yes I'll just like yes
3: that.
0: right yes boy i remember yeah. that
3: <laughs> yep yeah.
0: oh man every oh, time I... you watch
3: this scene those of us who are on that the, my stage manager and myself and my designers we all kind of like oh we kind of make a groaning noise <laughs> yeah, yeah. like living it all over again
0: uh, yeah. yes i agree uh, I have to just say, this picture, I'm going to show it to you. This picture that you have on Facebook of Travis and your other actor just looks like something out of, you know, PBS. <laughs> like, <laughs> Downton Abbey. Uh, like, it's beautiful. Right. It's so absolutely a really beautiful. Great picture. Yeah.
2: His name is. Well, you know what? If you enjoy PBS and NPR, oh. this is probably <laughs> a- exactly. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: that I just actor's it was name. Beautiful. It,
2: yes, his
3: name is Brett Foster. He does Brett play. Um, he plays two characters. He plays Ian Forster hmm. Morgan, and then he also plays um, Walter, an old, a gay man of a different age who meets one of our core characters. And it does represent that generational divide
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, sure. as they try to uh, they develop a friendship. Um,
0: oh, that's wonderful! So yeah, cool. so yeah. And, it, oh, sorry. and
3: Travis actually plays two parts, two very crucial parts. Oh. And I'll let him to speak to that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, it's kind of hard to speak on it without giving a whole okay. lot away, but <laughs> I, I play Adam, who uh, whose life intersects with two gay men who feel like they have hit stasis in their life stories and are aching for something more, um, and Adam is a bit of a social climber who uh, inspires and informs the way that those two characters go about the rest of their lives, Um, And then I also play Leo, who uh, is about the opposite of a social climber. Like, if he had a rising star, it has been since extinguished. And so it's very interesting to play two ends of that spectrum of somebody who's uh, hungry and climbing up the the ladder in the world, and then someone who has given up the ladder entirely. Wow
0: so are you planning on doing the inheritance 2 at some point uh, well, funny you should that's ask all funny. <laughs>
3: so once we get through the show I'll be announcing um, my 24 2024 season because I like to do a calendar year for my season
0: yeah Um
3: and inheritance part two may or may not be on that schedule. Although I can't say yet until I pay dramatist. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, right. Uh, yeah. But yes, that is the plan: is to do part two next awesome. year. That's awesome. great. Yeah, because so you'll because you'll want to come back and definitely find out what happens to these characters. Right. Yes.
0: And some of yeah. your mm-hmm. actors can come back possibly for that as well.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. We've already talked about it. That ideal situation for me as a director is that, that they would all come back. And I'm pretty sure they're all on board. Oh, that was as an actor, great. I mean, tra- Travis, you play a role like this, you don't want to let him go. And you have a chance not to.
2: Yeah, no. No. And so many roles that are smaller in part one become so much bigger Ooh. in part two um and have so much more to explore so i know a lot of those actors are excited to uh break into that as well See,
1: as an actor that sounds like so much fun to be able to do the same character or characters in two different plays not just you doing the same play oh i get to do this play again but continuing the story that yeah that what a great opportunity as an actor, to be able to do yeah. those plays, essentially, you know, I mean, one year after another, almost back to back. Yeah. That's pretty great. That's really yeah. great.
3: Yeah. I would have done them in rep, but I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. Hey. <laughs> Financially, hey. emotionally. Hey. I would have a full-time job, sadly, or I would have, because it is, you know, when they did it in New York, you could go, and I think Travis did it, saw a matinee of one, and then saw the mm. part two evening. Mm-hmm. So it is a commitment, because oh, nice. you're
0: literally there. All day. Oh uh, so. wow!
2: And those actors have to memorize six and a half hours of yeah, material.
0: That's <laughs> wow, that's a lot. <laughs> well, and I should note too, you are you're in your first year, and you're still able to compensate people.
1: Yes, thank
3: you for, for mentioning that. We
0: and thank um, you for
1: compensating I, people.
0: <laughs> you know,
3: it's not it's not professional wage, but it is. I do feel actors are their time is valuable, and um, we have kind of graduated the pay from our first two shows to this one because I just knew that it was going to be a lot of work. You know, Travis started rehearsals at the end of August. Yeah, mm-hmm. I brought in the core characters early so we could kind of get a lot of their scenes on their feet before we had a full-on first rehearsal with everybody. So I knew it was a time commitment, but I also know this is a project that they loved. and But it was important for the organization to be able to compensate.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. It's
1: really
3: nice. What
0: amazing, exciting work that you're doing. Thank and you. And you're also helping a lot of people who just, you know, they want – they want to see these stories, but they're they're making connections, and on top of that, they're seeing something that maybe they can really relate to oh, that yeah. they're not right. able to yeah. anywhere else. Right.
3: After so, my the first show, um, I had a, a a young trans male in tears. He said, "I've never seen myself on stage before." Wow! And I was like, "Well, that's that that
2: alone was worth worth right everything."
0: you know, hearing that kind of feedback.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to that point, this specific play, um, is a collection of intersecting stories that utilizes characters who are all presumably cisgendered gay men. And I don't want anyone who's not a cis gay man to research the show, see that and say, this story is not for me then because, uh, while those characters are tools for making specific political and Mm -hmm. literary points, the larger message and universal uh, universal feelings being explored are about how how and why it can be hard in this day where we have never been more connectable to find and maintain community with other queer people and how we can can how we can work to collectively heal or soothe or even just shine a light on the type of generational trauma passed down not through bloodlines but through things like relationships friendships, how queer people are represented in the media, mm-hmm. etc.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, oh, I'm so glad that you guys uh, are able to do this and and are bringing such a neat story to it. And I these pictures, I love the marketing. I just have <laughs> yes. to say, it's unusual. She we don't normally in. see that kind of um we're seeing behind True. the scenes as well as something that's already, you know, set. So, it's beautiful.
1: I like that Yeah. No, it's really cool uh, that you're doing the play and that you're casting it the way you are. I think that was a big thank you. I think that was a big uh, 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 thing to learn that it's not just oh hey we're doing this play, but we're also we're we're casting it uh, sort of appropriately. Yes, and, uh, which I, I think is makes it even more meaningful mm-hmm. for the people who are coming because not only right. are they seeing the 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 characters that may be like them. But the actual actors. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is pretty powerful, I think.
2: Yeah, personally when I first saw this play, this first part even, not even part 2, but just part 1, um I had several huge revelations about how I viewed and understood other queer people. Um I was a, I was a fundamentally different person walking out of the theater than I had been walking um, into it. I can't promise everyone will have that transformative sure, of an sure. experience. But I think this play can be a good jumping off point for conversations with your friends, family, and most importantly, conversations with yourself. And I think it can do that for everyone, but especially members of the LGBTQIA community.
0: And is that something that you're implementing or going to implement at some point, the talkbacks or any of that type of thing?
2: Yeah.
3: So we will have a talk back um, after the first matinee, which would be the fifth, Um, the current Mr. Flick's. Writer Spears is going to facilitate with some uh, members of the community from NAP and then with the cast of course.
0: Okay, and that's going to be in person or uh, virtual and in person um, or
3: uh, no it'll be in person it'll in be person? after the show that after first show? Uh, matinee yeah. Cool. Oh
0: that's great. And you'll be announcing your new season when?
3: Um it'll be it'll be a good holiday present for everybody all right holiday we will right. we'll have, we'll have to do before the end of the year Sounds um good. as a yeah as we head into the new year that's, that's kind of my goal the
1: play is coming up on what are we starting on november 3rd it looks like and, and and so this one is going to be at the bancroft street market how do i get <laughs> tickets
3: yes um so tickets are available go to our website at www.viaomha
1: B-I-A .org, O-R-G. .org, O-R-G.
3: Okay. And there's a click, and it'll take you to Eventbrite. Tickets are $25 across the board. All right. Um, it's uh, open seating. So we do have eight performances. So the third, fourth. Cool. So Friday, Saturday at 7 o'clock. Sunday matinee at 2. Okay. And then the next week, you do Wednesday through Saturday night at 7. And then one last matinee on the 12th at 2. At 2. Okay. So there's plenty of opportunities. Opening night is almost sold out. All right.
0: Great. Yep. Oh. I wish you all the luck. Yes. Break all the legs,
1: my friends. Um, Yes. Then the the name of the play. Oh, and the name of the play is The Inheritance. Who is the writer? By Matthew Lopez. By Matthew Lopez. Lopez. Yes. That is part one. And and of course, it is part one (laughs) One. with part two (laughs) hopefully
3: coming. So we believe, Voices Alliance, that everybody should be able to see theater. So if someone has, is having some sort of financial burden, please reach out to me personally through email randall at viaomaha.org or through Facebook or through Instagram VIA Omaha. Send me a message and I will make sure that everybody gets a chance to see this play.
0: That's great. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Yes, yes, we yes. We are so excited for you and and really are just wanted to make sure yes. that everyone knew about it because I had questions. And now you've answered them and I love it. So thank you so much for talking to us about it and letting everyone else know what this wonderful production is about. Absolutely.
3: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.